Yo, yo, this is your boy Rodney. And it's Candace. Hey, y'all. Welcome to Cohort 1986. Sit back and relax. As you envision a new you and new perspective of new beginnings. Enjoy, y'all. Welcome, everybody. My name is Rodney. I'm Candace. And we're Cohort 1986. We're back on our mentor series. Yes. Today we have a special guest, yes. Mr. Mitchell Gatewood. Yes. Let's give him a round of applause. I feel like we need like some kind of like cool introduction or cool table or something. Okay, let me say, let, let me try it. Boy. I've known Mitchell for over a decade. He's <laughs> a dynamic okay, financial. Okay. 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 <laughs> Should have thrown that out there. Time. Maybe next time. So I, I'm, I'm gonna just read. I'm gonna just read a short. Uh, blurb about Mitch. Okay. Uh, he's a financial advisor with 12 years of 12 plus years of experience delivering financial investment advisory services to high value clients. Proven success in managing multi-million dollar portfolios, mm -hmm. driving profitability, and increasing ROI through skillful strategic planning, client-centric consulting, and holistic financial advisory services. Wow. His, his career experience has allowed him to specialize in retirement planning, risk management, portfolio construction, and better understanding the expressed and hitting needs of high net worth clients. Wow. Again, let's give it up for me. All right, Mitch. Yes. Welcome. Welcome. How you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you guys for, for having me. And I don't think that there's anything cooler than, than the intro that you guys started. I'm <laughs> <laughs> a, a little rusty, but that, 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 that felt so warm. But, but what Rodney forgot to include were, you know, all these acronyms that are behind your name, sir. Um, so I, I really want you to give people an intro and also kind of tell us about your certifications as well. So I'm Mitchell Gatewood. I would like to think of myself as a wealth management advisor with over 12 years of experience. Uh, so I, I was actually licensed in 2012 with my Series 6 and 63, where I was a registered representative. Uh, so at this point in time in my career, where I've, I've been able to broaden my scope is to be able to help clients acquire, grow, protect, or transfer their wealth in the most efficient way possible. And we do that by having a conversation that allows us to lead to opportunities to either, you know, help a client stay on track, you know, create a, a or establish a plan to get on track wow. or you know, to say, hey, this I'm glad that we bumped into each other the day we, yeah. we need the work that we need to do. So, you know, we 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 like to either say, hey, listen, we we help you from that standpoint of acquiring, growing, protecting or mm -hmm. we work a process to help you get your financial house in order if it should need be. Wow. Um, so, that's, I, that's I, so I, that's I have my and also my 66. And what that gives me the ability to do is actually offer brokerage services and also offer investment advice for a fee. Uh, wow. I took it a step further and became a designee of the College for Financial Planning, where I, I obtained my charter retirement planning uh, counselor designation, which is the CRPC. Mm -hmm the accredited wealth management advisory designation which uh which is the awma and then earlier this year throughout the pandemic i decided to kind of bore my way to success with the accredited portfolio management advisory designation and that just basically encompassed to give me a a, a certification and specialization in portfolio management wow, wow. yes man we got the uh clap it up for taking advantage of the time during the pandemic, pandemic. but we do want to take it back so 
So, so Mitch, where did you grow up? Where are you from? And what did you want to be when you grow up growing up? So, uh, born and raised in Charlotte. Uh, Unicorn. Yeah. <laughs> now, no bot. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there aren't many people that were born and raised, educated, and still live here. Uh, so, uh, so from Charlotte, went to Butler High School as well as graduated from Independence High School in 2003 with some notable names like Chris Lee, wow. Muhammad Masakwa, and also went to school with Hakeem Nix, a Super Bowl winner. So just to kind of name drop ah, a little And when actually when I left high school, I didn't go the traditional route. I just, you know, really for me, I was, I, I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do. I just know that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to, I wanted to, you know, basically work in some facet of business and, you know, bring products to the marketplace. So I went to King, I uh, actually attended King's College, which is more so like a uh, vocational school or trade school mm-hmm. where I specialized in business administration and received my associate's degree. Um, I later then attended North Carolina Central University for a spell. However, I ended up coming back, coming back to Charlotte and com- uh, completing my education here. Wow. 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 That's pretty That's cool. Awesome. So what made you decide to go kind of that untraditional route? Was there like something where you were just kind of like, you know, I wasn't ready for, you know, four year university or what kind of made you make that decision? I think that from the standpoint, I was just undecided in the direction that I wanted to go in. Yeah. And for me, I thought it was more important for me to figure out exactly where my sites would be dedicated to instead of going somewhere creating some debt for myself. And I mean, whether, I I don't know, it's yet to be seen if it's smart yet, Candice. uh, No, but it is. (laughs) It's very smart. It's very intelligent. Yeah, Yeah. because most time people go to school, they have no idea what they want to do. You know, you in school for three years and be like, okay, I think I want to switch over. (laughs) And and then you you, it leads to a lot of people graduating, not even Mm -hmm. within their major. Yeah. And just kind of miserable because you never kind of focus and honed in on what you truly wanted to do. Correct. Correct. So, I mean, it was definitely a a very um, unsettling time, you know, not knowing exactly what you're targeted toward, what you want to concentrate on and things of that nature. And after completing, uh, you know, after coming back to to Charlotte from North Carolina Central University, I was able to take an opportunity with uh, Sprint. They were merging with Nextel. I was able to actually work with their uh, financial analyst division where we went out and I I stayed in New York for a spell, Indiana, uh, and also Tennessee and California for about two months at a time, helping them launch uh, other sites to cover, you know, their their merger. Wow. Wow. That was pretty cool. So what was like, what was that experience like for you? Was that kind of your first taste in kind of that financial um, realm? Correct. So we were tasked with trying. Basically, the representatives that were in the sites, they were they were giving away more money than the company could could deem to be profitable. So what they would do is they would fill out a, <laughs> they would fill out a form. Yeah. I would be part of the group that way that would review whether or not the uh, the refund was actually a valid refund or not, right. and that right. put us in a position to help the company uh, save about fourteen million dollars a year while I was there. Oh, wow. 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 That's big, Mitch. That is so that really was, That was my introduction to, you know, the the, the, the financial services industry to it, to, so to speak. Wow. 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 And so financial advising. So what was your introduction to that yeah. and, and how did you get into it? I think that I, I, I walked around the block to get to the house next door. Um, mm. to so, so again, um, 
I while, while working with Sprint, I then received the opportunity to work for uh, to Wachovia, which later became Wells Fargo. Yeah. Funny story about that: the day that I that I started working for Wachovia is the day that like I'm I, I'm waking up, ironing my clothes, and I see on the news Citibank is about to to purchase Wachovia. Wow. Just right here down the road, they have a, a a site that basically has a redundancy in terms of the same job that I do. So I'm like, yeah. I left, I quit a job. Right. <laughs> Doing this job, am I about to get fired? Oh my God. Wow. I had a really great uh training staff and leadership staff that said, Hey, look, as of 1001 AM as right now is business as usual. Let's dig in. And we went, we went through the process, went through onboarding or whatnot, where I started out as a, a retail banking online agent. And oh, okay. we'll take phone calls. Hey, I can't get into my uh, to my account. Uh, I have Quicken. It's not really working. It's not operational, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That led to an opportunity to work with the email division where I would actually uh, work in the same task. And uh, after being there for maybe about 11 months, I went to a Christmas party. Yeah. Network with some individuals that were in the institutional retirement and trust with right. uh, with that bank at that point in time. And the great thing about that is that just talking to people, giving them an understanding of what my goals were, what my sites were. You know, she, it, I, she really said she said I had a great conversation with you. I think you actually make a great fit for my team. Would you be wow. interested in coming over to the the IRT? Uh, so that is where things really changed for me, and mm -hmm. that was my introduction to the uh to investments to retirement to you know portfolio management and wow. overall just the whole scope of the realm that i'm working in now wow i mean just kind of hearing that <sighs> and hearing about like that networking opportunity by you going to the christmas party by you being you know social open, um yeah. and just having those conversations about what is it that you want to do with your with your career um, and what your goals were? I mean, that's very important. And I think that's something that everyone can kind of take with them mm -hmm. is just, you know, being very intentional um, about what it is that you want to do and communicating that. It's just it's just the aspect of always being ready mm -hmm. and just kind of knowing what you want to do mm -hmm. and knowing how to communicate that with people. I think in my situation, although I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, I was willing to do something. And that's mm -hmm. when I always tell, you know, anyone like, hey, doing nothing is yeah. not an option. Mm -hmm. And also there's never a perfect time to, you know, basically do something. You mm -hmm. need to always, you know, there, productivity sometimes is more important than, you know, excuse me, activity is more important than productivity at most times. You just need to be actively doing something. And, you know, you also need a little bit of luck and some competence. Man, I think I think some people are probably going to steal that quote. Doing yeah. nothing is not yeah. an option. Not <laughs> you an better option. copyright that one. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and so and so in, in getting that financial analyst role, like what were some of the kind of hard lessons you had to learn coming in to, to begin with? Um, I, I know that initially there are bumps in the roads and things you have to learn. Uh, so, so what's what's important? Yeah. What's some important advice that you may have for somebody younger getting into this industry? That for me, that was my introduction. So I really didn't re at that point in time know what I didn't know. Mm -hmm. um, what I would say the first thing you should do is you know take uh, advantage of the process that they paid someone millions of dollars to establish mm. for the company, understand it and figure out how you can tailor it to 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 replicate it very easily day in and day out. Wow. Um, I believe that really, you know, 
human capital is something that you should probably, you know, assess a lot more in terms of how you, you're dealing with people and right. what the motivations are. Cause I don't believe that the work was ever as it as, as, as much of a hard task as it was to make sure that you're in alignment with the motivations of other people and they can also help you achieve your motivation. So I, a lot of people like to do what they want to do. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. And then you get into corporate America and you have to follow these guidelines and then you become the bad guy because you are trying to do your job. So right the, the biggest thing is to not have an ego, not yeah. go in and, you know, I, there's a great book called um, the, a, a title that means nothing. Mm. And, and some people lean on their titles so that it can justify their importance. <laughs> <laughs> I say that all the time. <laughs> and, and really, for me, you you don't I don't ever want to be in a position where I need my title to justify what I bring to the table. I need, I need you to trust what we're doing and trust the process. Wow. Wow. That was powerful. Can we take a moment of silence? Okay. <laughs> we did a moment of silence for that one. These words are, are hitting today. Uh, so, so I'm a client and I come to you for the first time. What does that initial consultation look like? Okay. Uh, so the first thing is, is that, Hey, Rodney, thank you so much for taking the time to come in that you could have been anywhere in the world with also with things being so, uh, volatile right now. I wanted to see maybe first and foremost how we can benefit one another. Mm -hmm. Before I go into what I think and what I know and how I do things, what would be front of what what would what is front of mind for you for the reason why you came in today? Right. And then at that point you say, Hey Mitch, I came in because I'm looking to buy a house or I'm trying to establish a college 529 plan for my child or you know et cetera et cetera. And then at that point that will be the guiding light of how we get to why it would be beneficial for us to work together. Okay. Okay. And so, uh, so at like what, what age should people start to think about um, kind of retirement and kind of portfolio management? As soon as you get a job, the first, the that's one of the things that I, you know, when you look back and you say, hey, I, if I knew this, then I would, you know, maybe, maybe not. Maybe you still would have, you know, blown the money and done what you right. need. But there, there's right now is the time that you should be thinking about doing those things because you need to know your numbers. The things that are that are managed, that are measured, are managed. Yeah. And from it, from the the point that you get a job, you have to realize that you're either going to save for your future retirement or you're going to pay taxes. <laughs> so, so if you if you present it that way to say, hey, this money can either go to go to your future you or you can go to Uncle Sam. Ooh. Which one would you choose? <laughs> future. I know. future all day. <laughs> future all day. But that's a really good point. Um, is that you know people do need to start to do this at a very early age. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because I know like whenever I was sitting up myself at work, I'm like, man, like this how much money I'm going to need for retirement? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, is this, do I really need this much money? But then you start to look at your monthly expenses and then you think about inflation and so forth. And you're like, yeah, I probably do need this amount. Yeah. So absolutely, absolutely. Well, 55% of Americans, that's, that number is probably higher now, have more credit card debt than they have saved for retirement. Wow. So that's one thing. 
And then also 70% of people, regardless of what their station is in life, don't actually have financial conversations with their children. It's either because they don't want them to know exactly what their inheritance could be or because they may not be as abreast as or, or well suited to really have that conversation. So this is why you need to find someone that you actually can trust to have those types of meaningful conversations. with. Right. right. So just kind of talking about that. So I really want to dig into these certifications um, that you have and just kind of talk through like, you know, each one. Um, what, you know, what were some of the requirements for doing them? And I think another good point is for people to really have an understanding of FINRA um, mm -hmm. as well. And, you know, how they kind of help manage um, all the regulations. So I'll turn it over to you to look to inform us. <laughs> so I actually, my three designations are through the College for Financial Planning, which is also known as Kaplan. Um, they typically, they are a leader in the industry for licensing as well. There are many different individuals that have programs for licensing for, you know, registered representatives or financial advisors, but I chose Kaplan. I just like the way they, they established their, their process, yeah. how their, um, their curriculum operated and I've had success with it. So if it's not right. broken, don't fix it. And right. you know, not to plug them too hard. They, they should pay me for But for the Charter Retirement Planning Counselor designation, that is a deeper dive into retirement. So that talks to you about, you know, the different types of uh, plans, whether it's an employer plan, whether it is a individual account that you would have your, yourself like, you know, either a 401k or 457, whether it would be a, an IRA, a Roth IRA, mm -hmm. it, talks, it talks you through all the rules and then also talks to you about qualifications to be able to participate in such plans. Right. Um, one of the biggest things that I took away from the CRPC was, you know, just a, a, under, a greater understanding of Social Security and how that works. Mm -hmm. um, SSA.gov, actually, if you haven't, you should go online, establish an account and see exactly what your payout would be for, you know, for retirement based on your current years of service. Okay. Because you actually need uh, 10 years of, of, of service time to be able to qualify for Social Security. But there are also other benefits, like if you were to, for me and for my, for planning, I talk to my wife and I say, hey, you know, knock on wood outside of life insurance, if I were to pass away, these are the survivor benefits that you as well as my children would qualify for up to this benefit maximum. That was a complete game changer for me. And it was more so from a planning standpoint, I was able to say, hey, I'm not saying you'll be rich, but you won't be on the street. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point too. Um, just to kind of start to have those conversations. But you know, with that particular qualification, I mean, if you think about it, um, you know, everybody has to do it at some point, but mm -hmm. having someone to help hold your hand and walk you through it, and like, hey, you know, these are some considerations um mm -hmm. that you need to to put into place. I mean that's that's cool <laughs> that's so what, so what is it was it like a lot of studying or um was yeah. it like a course or okay so let's talk about how you do something like that you okay online to their website you would basically log on create a user id and password and then you would you would basic you would call a phone number and you would enroll just like you would in any other type of college course okay. once you enroll, there is a, a a fee associated with it 
Um, don't hold me to this. It's between eleven to thirteen hundred dollars. Okay. Don't let that scare you. When I thought yeah. about the the shopping trips and the the vacations mm-hmm. and all the different things that I've taken, they've they've been insurmountable to that cost. Um, yeah. And also, it, it it helps you become more marketable in the marketplace when you do have a certification or a specializ- special specialization, excuse me, in in that in that realm. So. So you, you talk to the nice people, they take yeah. your payment, and then they create a, a website for you. Well, has then the curriculum, it takes you through every single step. Like, hey, there may be like 10 mm-hmm. chapters, and those chapters will, will range from, you know, what, what's an investment portfolio to social security basics, you know, to even, um, to even you know, um, financial psychology. Oh wow! Psychology that goes into it, whether or not you have, you know, anchoring, whether you have a type of bias, you know, it it gives a deep dive into what individuals are thinking when they're making these decisions, which really helps you identify who you're talking to and what you know what their motivations are for for dealing for uh, coming to you. So let's say you you read the chapter. Please read the first chapter in its entirety <laughs> because it will tell you, hey. Rodney, Candace, when you decide to do this, you will need to at least spend 90 hours on this. Wow. They, so, so for the APMA, it said you would need 180 hours. Oh, wow. This is okay. not a range. This is not a strong suggestion. It's not that you need to time it, but it's just saying that based on these topics for mastery, for a level of mastery, this is the time that you're going to have to spend on it. Wow. So you read through the chapter, then there's a question bank. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you're able to take these questions over and over and over. So what you want to do is without to understand the material, not memorization of the question and the answers, you want to go through those questions until for me, I did it until I could feasibly make a hundred at least. And that you go through every single one. And then there is a um there is a practice test that's just like the regular game that you sit for. And if you can make a, a 90 or above on their practice practice exam, then you're yeah. ready for the real test. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. 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 Yeah. I mean, that seems very intuitive. And, you know, when you think about $1,300, think about what you spend a year at Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Starbucks, five, six dollars a pop, um, you know, and this investment. So, I mean, I think that's great. That's nothing better than investing in yourself. Absolutely. That's it. And, uh, so the next certification, um, you also have a AWMA, the Accredited Wealth Management um, Advisor. Correct. So that is, so from that designation, that is solely targeted towards high net worth clients, and they have they have different needs than someone at you know below that level. From yeah. you know, whether or not they have international properties that they own, you know the the risk management or liability associated with. Having that level of wealth and, you know, having a, a Super Bowl party and one of the kids that uh, from the one of the parents, their kid falls down your steps. What does that look like for you? They sue you for that. It, it really takes a deeper dive on one. You have this money. How wh- what are the your thoughts and needs at being at this level? What are the protection limits that you that you need to consider? You need to consider above and beyond maybe, you know, life insurance and personal insurance. You know, it brings up talks deeply about what an umbrella policy is, which goes above and beyond what your personal insurance limits and coverages provide for you. And then last but not least, it talks about how do you transfer wealth appropriately? Mm-hmm. Who's going to get this money? 
how will they utilize this money? When will they get this money? And then also uh, the creation of, you know, trust. In oh, okay. Wow, that's, I mean, I worry about somebody falling in my backyard. <laughs> I mean, you know, my little small backyard. <laughs> I mean, if you fall, you're done. <laughs> so. it, it could be an opportunity for me to come over this weekend. No, 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 no. <laughs> Look, we'll fall down our own heels. Exactly. So, have- so uh, I, I do have a question for you. So you've been in the industry for around roughly 12 years now mm-hmm. and so what are some of the changes that, that that you've seen the industry go through and especially during COVID? Hmm. that's a good question well the industry for me has changed drastically ever since i've been in it so i entered i entered the financial industry in 2008 which we all know that was the great recession yeah. right right so I, I was in uh i actually also became a financial advisor on the heels of dol which is basically establishing rules and regulations around doing things that are in the best interest of clients. Right. That that was deemed to overstep to a degree. Therefore, it was it was actually stricken down. And now there is like the SEC best interest rule, which is in place now, which re- mm-hmm. which brings in additional uh, you know things that you have to do to ensure that you're justifying what you're doing for clients and why you're doing it. That your your motivations are not set ahead of theirs. So really, there's a lot, there's a lot of regular, this is a highly regulated industry in itself. There is with that, there came an additional oversight and additional scrutiny because, you know, the, the, the issue is that everyone's not doing the right thing. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, And and if, and when you are doing the right thing, then it puts you in a position where you don't, this is an easy form to fill out when I have to fill out uh, the BI, the big form, which we call the best interest contract. And okay. ensuring that, hey, when I if when I sit down with you and I talk to you about what capacity am I operating in? Am I operating as a broker or am I operating as a fiduciary? And the difference between these are two different standards. The suitability standard is that is this suitable for you? Does this make sense based on the time horizon in which you want to invest? Does it fit into your risk comfort zone or risk tolerance? I like to try to stay away from jargon, your risk comfort zone. And then also, what are your expected outcomes? Not that I'm I'm promising you anything because past performance is not indicative of future performance. But is this risk is this risk reward ratio working out for you? And now the fiduciary standard is that I'm financially and legally responsible for any advice that I provide to you today. Right, Right, right. And most individuals want to work with a fiduciary for that point. Hmm. That was good because I mean, most, I didn't know the difference. I did not know <laughs> the difference. You just educated me. <laughs> I did not know the difference at all. So let me ask you a question. So you mentioned just kind of sitting down with your client. How often do you meet with your clients and, and make kind of changes to their portfolio and, and just kind of in general speaking with them and, and just keeping up with what's going on? So after we establish that, hey, we're going to work to, together, Rodney and Candace, mm-hmm. this is what your investment portfolio will look like. This is how we execute it. Then yeah. at that point, I have a client engagement strategy. How do you want to be in, engaged? You know, mm-hmm. what's, the, what's the most appropriate method? Does phone work for you? Does email work for you? Um, you're not able to text unless it's directly through a in-house system because any right. communication with clients need to be recorded with yeah. the compliance group. So so then at that point, it really also depends on what type of investment strategy that we have. 
if it's something more complex then for some of those clients we we meet quarterly and you know we may say hey within the first year we're definitely meeting quarterly but hey rodney and candace for for meetings uh one and three they were the most effective two and four they were kind of touch points yeah. would you do you feel like it would be appropriate for us maybe to cycle back from four to two mm-hmm. or are you comfortable are you like hey no mitch you know what i actually it, it it's hard for me to not look at my account every single day. So what I would like to do is I like to. <laughs> I, I can't wait till I get that on me. <laughs> you might be like, I'll see y'all one time a year. <laughs> we can do Skype. And you, and, and for, for that also as a financial advisor, I have control over that as right, well. Right, right. Like, hey, you know, we've invested in a, in a fixed annuity. This is basically relative to a CD. We put this money in this. The the interest is credited at the end of the year. There's not going to be any fluctuations of volatility with this type of product. Right. We we need to speak on an as needed basis. Now, you have an emergency, something comes up or you have right. something that you want to talk about and discuss that maybe I have a purview on. That's yeah. totally fine. But we can't talk. We can't pull your account up every Thursday. <laughs> it hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. <laughs> I can assure you, nothing has changed. Nothing. December 31st. <laughs> but that's a really good point, though. Um, you know, kind of talking about structured products, unstructured products, and the different types. So, I mean, there's a there's a lot out here, people, um, that when it goes into investing. So, um, it's always good to go to a professional and, you know, let them help guide you on what's needed and what works best for your situation. Um, and I would just have to say, you know, Mitch, just talking to you today, um, the information that you're giving. So, you know, you're also educating people mm-hmm. um, as they're going through this process. And I think that's the most important thing, um, especially when you're making decisions about, you um, you know, about retirement, when you're thinking about wealth, when you're thinking about your kids, when you're thinking about your future, um, is to have someone that you can trust um, that's going to explain everything to you. Right, I right. know that's how I am. Same here. Um, Mitch, I had a qu- I, I, I got I got a quote for you, and I, mm-hmm. and I just want you to explain it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Innovation is praise, but execution is worship. Absolutely. So that came from uh, one of the the influences in my life, which is Dr. Eric Thomas, also known as a hip hop preacher. And, you know, the, the shift in my life when I heard him speak and talk about you have to you have to want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe. And he said that innovation is praise, but execution is worship. You know, doing something well and coming up with a great idea is amazing. But if you don't ever get to implementation and put in, and also a seamless implementation where you can replicate it and do it over and over very easily, then I, the reason why I feel that I've been you know as successful as I've been is that I was I wasn't afraid to just try to try and do something. I was more afraid of of of, of not succeeding than I was a failure because at least I tried. I got the experience. So I got right. down, but I got back up. So yeah. innovation is praise is that doing having an idea is amazing. It could be a billion dollar idea that the world will never get to see because you never got up and did anything about it. Mm. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that was wow. that was that was, was, was powerful. That was powerful. 
That was really powerful. Wow. I mean, some of the best ideas are the ones that we never hear about. Because <laughs> we're too afraid to, to actually take that chance. Yeah. And you never know until you actually get out there and take that chance to experience it. See what, see what yeah, it's for you see if it happens. Yeah. So, Mitch, what other words of advice do you have for the people? <laughs> I think that uh, another thing that you, that we brought up was, um, you know, from a portfolio standpoint, what works for me? So this is an advice because I don't know your your situation, right. what your goals are. However, when you think about structuring a portfolio, you have to think about what is your risk tolerance? What's your risk comfort zone? Mm-hmm. If you turn on CNBC and you see the market's down 500 or 700 points, the Dow Jones is down 700 points. What are your what what happens to you? Is it do you, do you panic? Do you say sell me out of everything? Or do you have a structured plan? So when you're thinking about the types of, of, of risk tolerance levels, you have conservative. That's mm-hmm. someone that I'm completely risk averse, Candace. Mm-hmm. I don't want to lose a dollar, Rodney. If I lose a dollar, it's going to keep me up at night. I'm not going to be able to sleep. We right. have moderate risk, right? That's where, you know what? I'm open to some exposure into equities or stocks, something that can give me the opportunity to gain more. You know, and however, if it if it goes down this much, my stop loss limit, then I want I want to get out of it. That's yeah. still that's also a very dangerous uh, uh, perspective or approach to take as well, because things work out the best when people take they make a commitment and they stick to it. Right. True. Anything you do, you know, yeah. marriage marriage is also one of them. Yeah. Everything is not on market day. <laughs> Sometimes the Dow is what down. <laughs> the arrow is pointing down today. How do I get it back up? You know, <laughs> stock market crash. We're gonna do that. <laughs> so, so we're not. We're we're not telling anyone. To, don't sell out of your marriage. Uh, please stay in. Take it out. And then you have the aggressive approach. And those approaches can be far conservative. It can be a uh, you know a a thirty seventy where you have thirty percent in stocks and seventy percent in fixed income. That's going to be bonds. That's going to be cash equivalents. You can have a 50-50 approach. That's more so going to be a moderate strategy where you have 50% in stocks and you have 50% in fixed income or cash equivalents. And then when you start getting to the aggressive arenas, that's when you start looking at an 80-20. 80% of your portfolio in stocks and equities and then 20% in the fixed income or cash equivalents. Or if you're really hot, if you're really aggressive like I am, I'm high risk. You know, I'm going to be here for, hopefully, God will, I'm going to be here for a while. So I, my portfolio would either be 100% equities or, or 90-10, 90% equities, 10%. However, here's the thing. When you're, set, when you're establishing your, your strategy for your investment portfolio, I, I like to talk, I, call, I call this process DM. And the D is for discovery. Today, we're going to learn more about you and your situation, your family, your family, your occupation, your recreation, and your money. Mm-hmm. You know, if I've stopped talking long enough, Rodney, then at that point, I should be able to come back to the table with some ideas that will help you, that has helped other individuals in, the, in a similar situation. And then the E is for execution, of course. Innovation is praise, execution is worship. How we can, it's great to come in here and learn about you, let you prove to you that I'm really smart and give you these great ideas. How do we translate this to execution so that we can do this? We can package this for you in a way that's palatable for you. And then the M is for monitor. This isn't a here today, gone tomorrow type of scenario that we're going to have a client engagement strategy where we touch base because you know what? As we continue to go through this process, we'll still need to discover new things. We'll still need to provide new ideas. We'll still need to execute on them and we'll still need to keep in touch. And then after we go through DM, 
we then establish a strategy. I like to call it your castle. And what I do is I draw a bucket and I say this bucket represents your wealth. Now, income comes into this bucket, Candace, mm -hmm. and that's going to be your income from your job. Mm -hmm. Now, There's a hole in this bucket, big or small, mm -hmm. and that, those are going to be your bills and expenses. Yeah. Now, what you know is, is that you have your income coming in, you have your bills and expenses coming out. Your money doesn't just stay in this bucket. It crosses mm -hmm. a continuum into five specific places that we'll talk about in detail. Mm -hmm. And the first one would be your emergency fund. That's going mm -hmm. to be anything that's going to be at least six to 12 months of your disposable income needs. Mm -hmm. so, so then if something happens, knock on wood, unfortunate event like loss of job or you or a flat tire, something like that, you have a directive, you have a place. Right. Yep. That second bucket is going to be major purchases. The real estate market is very hot right now. We yeah, do very hot. your your money for your new mortgage or for your down payment to be commingled with your emergency funds, right? Right. Mm -hmm. so is there a new car? Is there a new house? Is there a a large purchase. And, I, and for me, I would deem a large purchase anything $5,000 or more. That's enough to okay. get right. So then I like to think that there's an imaginary line between one and two, buckets one and two, mm -hmm. and then three and five. Yeah. Because on this side, we want safety, right? Mm -hmm. Because this money is needed in the event of an emergency or for a a uh, a, a near a, a situation that's going to come very soon. So mm -hmm. the third bucket, we're looking for risk comfort zone and maximum return. So how can we take, most people have more money allocated to emergency and conservative portions of their, their overall portfolio. And now they need their money to work harder and smarter for them. So yeah. now the third bucket is the intermediate bucket. Now, based on your risk comfort zone or risk tolerance, we'll put it into either a portfolio, a risk averse strategy, you know, what, depending on what your, 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 your individual situation is. The fourth bucket will be your nest egg. And this is going to be retirement based, a 401k. And, okay. and this isn't me looking to figure out how I can help manage your 401k or how I can, you know, take ownership over some of those different things. Yeah. This money is going to supplement your, your income. So this is going to help you put money back into that bucket. Once you decide to say, Hey, ABC company, thank yeah. you. It's been great. I'm going home. Right. So, right. <laughs> And then the fifth and final bucket would be your legacy bucket. This is what we like to call never money. This is money that's either going to protect your life, like a life insurance policy, or it's going to be a college savings fund, or it's going to be money that you decide that you're going to leave to, you know, to a church or charity or something like that, any type of charitable giving. So what we like to do, the reason why we call it your castle is because we want to structure a plan that will allow you to create a moat around it because there are barbarians that are always trying to attack and penetrate your castle. And they're called taxes, healthcare, and our own behavior. And we'll wow. take a deep dive into what those barbarians have done in your life to date and how we keep them out. <laughs> hey, Mitch, man, look. I want you to drop your information yes. to how so, so people can make an appointment with you. Yes. So we can get deep yes. into the deep into the moat. And talk okay. about this moat. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Where can people find you? Uh, so I'm on LinkedIn uh, as Mitchell okay. Gatewood uh, as a financial professional. I'm actually transitioning right now within roles right now. Uh, so you'll be able to locate me from there. Uh, mgatewood0985 is my Gmail account. Uh, okay. And then also for my professional email that will be coming soon and be updated on my LinkedIn. Okay, okay. perfect. Sounds good. And, and I do have a question for you. Sure. So within the next couple of years, where do you see yourself? 
in, in, in the financial service industry? Uh, for me, I'm actually taking time to uh, to broaden my scope on executive leadership. Mm. Where, uh, I've, I've actually worked in the field for a great deal of time. And I, I believe that being a part of the decision making uh, committee or group would actually be beneficial to the industry right. as well as to uh, to any institution that will have me on once I've developed myself. That's so awesome. right now I'm just taking the time to develop myself professionally so that I can move into leadership. Wow. That's, that's, awesome. that's awesome. Man. That's, yeah. awesome. that's the way to go. I mean, you have so much experience and so much knowledge that you've acquired, you know, over the course of your career, um, you know, having that, that strong starting point and just kind of continuing to progress, um, continuing to get your certifications and, you know, even in the midst of this pandemic, really taking advantage of what was available to you. Um, mm -hmm. And I mean, that just says a lot about you and, you know, you're going to do great things. I can't wait. <laughs> so, yeah, one last thing is that I am currently working on the coursework for the CFP because that is the gold standard for this industry. Right. Um, so. So, yeah, that, that was the last thing. So, yeah, no, I appreciate you guys, you know, having me in uh, and thank you for the opportunity to, to kind of just share what I know. Yeah, I'm so I'm just so glad to have you. I'm I'm just so glad. I'm going to go back and listen to this castle because I'm like, I need to make sure <laughs> that my castle, I got step one, the got, this, 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 number two, we got yeah, one and emergency two. fund, and, 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 401k. And, and, and now we got to get three and yeah. four. We got to get three and four done. Yeah. And then we, we, we need we need to fight away one and right. two. Three, we all come yeah. all right with, but one yeah. and two, we got to fight. And we plan on contacting you once we get to uh, AWMA level. <laughs> In case anybody doesn't remember, that's accredited wealth management because that's where our future is going. Well, and, and just like my the untraditional path that I took, not having all the buckets filled should not be a reason where you should not start. So mm -hmm. just know doing nothing is not an option. Sometimes activity outweighs productivity. So do mm -hmm. something and identify the places. Well, guys, look, thank you so much for tuning we have Mitch in, tuning come back in again. to Cohort 1986. <laughs> and we want to thank Mitch for just yes. kind of giving his, his knowledge to us yeah. and, and just encouraging us to, to check into that financial advisor, yeah. advisor. To think about your future. Think about your future and, and your wealth and what, what legacy mm -hmm. that you're leaving your kids. Yeah, yeah. So, Ronnie, where can people find us? You can find us on cohort1986.com. <laughs> we are on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, maybe one day TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're looking for those interns to do TikTok because I, I, I don't know how to do if it. If anybody wants to intern, please contact us. We have we have room. We would like QR codes and all the cool stuff that everybody's doing. So. And, and, then, and then before we leave, Mitch, yeah. one more time, just, just plug where people can find you. You can find me on LinkedIn at Mitchell Gatewood, CRPC, AWMA, and APMA. Uh, also, mgatewood0985 at Gmail is my direct personal email. Uh, I'm actually transitioning right now to a new role, so my, my professional email will be coming soon as well. You'll be able to see that as well. Nice. Um, and thank you, you guys, so very much for having me. Yeah, thank no you, problem. Mitch. And thank so Mitch's information will be on our website, guys. And if you guys need to get in contact with him, you know, DM us. We'll connect you, um, you know, via email or, you know, whatever it is that you need. But I would want to encourage everyone, like Mitch said, I just wrote it down, doing nothing is not an option. 
and your future is in your hands. Mm -hmm. It's in your hands, guys. Couldn't have said any better. Guys, Perfect. thank you for watching and hope you have a wonderful yes. day. Yes. Bye, guys. Bye.